Hey everyone and welcome back to The Deep Dish, a space where voices will be amplified, respected, listened to, and where the only requirement is that your belief and actions do not hinder the progression of the disenfranchised. It is my hope that my conversations with these incredible guests will be the sweetest treat in your day. Let's get to it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Deep Dish. My name is Alyssa, and I am your host. Uh, Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. So we're going to be getting to know me. Um, I come to realize that I interviewed or started viewing all these people, and y'all have no idea who I am. So I have a couple of questions that I asked some of my friends and even some guests that have been on this show to uh, ask me and then we can get to know me, I guess. Um, so here we go. So one of the questions I got was if I could live anywhere in the world, where would I live? Um, that's a very hard question. And I would say probably anywhere tropical. I take that back. I do have a specific place. One of my favorite islands that I've visited so far is St. Croix the in the U.S. Virgin Islands, particularly the north side of the island. It's just so beautiful and it's away from, I guess, a lot of the commotion of, you know, being in the in city, but it's just beautiful and the scenery is beautiful. Um, if I could live anywhere, it'd be there. Um, but really I could live anywhere tropical that did not have tropical storms. So does a place like that actually exist? If it does, that's where I want to go. The next question I got was, what is your biggest fear that you probably should not be afraid of? (sighs) If I'm going to keep it a buck and be honest, I'm going to say dating, right now, right? Dating, I think, is one of my biggest fears. Um, And I think it's an irrational fear. Uh, There's, there's, I don't think there's anything for me to be afraid of. But the one question that keeps coming up for me as a single woman um, in her 30s who is able to sustain herself, has a good job, this, that, and the third independent woman The question that keeps coming up for me is, is it worth it? Because right now I'm in a place in my life where there's no drama, there's no headache. And um, if there is, most times I have um, been the person to stress myself out or whatever the case is. It's not an external anything that alters my mood. It's, It's typically just me. And the thought of having someone in my life that could potentially cause drama. And when I say drama, I mean, you know, ain't no one arguing in my apartment. It's just me. But the fact that I would have to work on something, um, work to be with someone, uh, to make myself vulnerable in that way is really, really scary. Um, I, I, that's probably why I, I don't date because I'm like, eh, is it worth it though? Because I got a lot of peace in my home. Do I want the headache? Because from what I can see, regardless of how much you love a person, they can be a headache. Do I want that? So I don't know. Did that make sense? 
Okay, moving on. Um, when I was a child, what did I want to be when I grew up? Interestingly enough, I wanted to be a dentist. Um, I it, to this day I love everything about dentistry. Um, and I was having this conversation with my uh, parents and my sister, and um, I said, you know, I love everything about dentistry except for the fact that you have to be in somebody's mouth. And my sister's like, so you don't like dentistry? I said, I do. I just don't like the fact that I have to be in someone's mouth. You know, like teeth are the most fascinating thing to me. But then the thought of like, you know, dealing with someone who has halitosis. I don't know if I am built for that, you know. And I I think um, I found that out really, really quickly. Um, I took a microbiology class my sophomore year at the, at Virginia State University. And, um, yeah, I did not pass that class and not even close. And I think, um, I knew right then and there, my career in the sciences was, were, were over. So yeah, I wanted to be a dentist. Um, that dream lasted until, first semester sophomore year at Virginia State University I was over it okay this is uh, a question I got um if I could sing one hymn and only one for the rest of my life which song would I choose and why you know I don't know um because what comes to mind is pass me not O gentle savior because when I when I hear it in my head, I don't necessarily hear it as just me singing it by myself. It's such a staple hymn, especially in Black church. Um, and one of my favorite times when we sing this hymn as a collective is when all the music drops out and you hear everybody's voice. Um, you hear people doing the ad libs. Some people start clapping. And um, it's a magical moment to experience. And so if I could only sing one hymn, I think it would be that one because of how it resonates um, with me and my childhood and my experience in the black church and just how it feels to sing that together, I would say. That's what comes to mind. And I'm going to stick with that one. I'm going to stick with that one. The next question was, what's your favorite childhood memory? Oh, boy. Um, I have a lot of them, um, especially with my cousins on my mom's side of my family. I think we were all the closest in age. Um, but we were bad. I mean, I think, uh, the, the, the awesome thing about my family is like my, our parents didn't find out how bad we were until we got older and we could all snitch on ourselves, you know, like they just had no idea. Um, you know, my grandmother was a phenomenal, a phenomenal cook and, um, we would sell her chicken out of her kitchen window and she had no idea. She just thought we were eating all the chicken. So like, you know, our rest in peace, grandma. Um, but that we would be just devouring the chicken that she made and that we just would. And mind you, we loved her chicken, right? But we just knew that her chicken was 
above and beyond anything that anyone has ever tasted before. And we could profit off of this. Um, and it was all to get money for the ice cream truck. But what I find interesting is like no parent <laughs> would ever question how we got money for the ice cream truck. And it wasn't until later on in life where we are telling this story and my Aunt Althea, rest in peace as well, Auntie, says, oh, that's why people keep saying your mom, your Althea, your mom makes such good chicken. So she, they were, she, my aunt was under the impression that my grandmother was giving out chicken. <laughs> but all along, we were actually selling it. We were really bad. I mean, and that's one of many stories of our hustle as kids growing up in Cambridge, young entrepreneurs. Uh, yeah. So I have a lot. My cousins and I were really bad. Ugh. So the next question, I know who asked this question. It's, uh, it was, I could tell you, it was submitted by um, Warren, who is the uh, father of my godson. And he was also the pianist um, at our church before him and his uh, family became traitors and moved to Florida um, and taken my baby with them. But he asks... Uh, why do I shy away from singing soprano? Um, because it's high. Uh, and, I, you know, I think it's funny that Warren's asking this question because r no matter how hard I would try to just sing in the alto section, he would never let me sit there too long. It would be like, oh, something's missing. Alyssa, go move over to the sopranos. And so I think because Warren pushed, especially like pushed me, into singing that I really don't like singing soprano like if I have to the amount of eye rolling that I do um I'm just I pout because it's just not a comfortable register for me granted I can hit some of the notes I can hit them fairly well but who's trying to sing that high for that long I just don't I don't understand it it's not my reg it's not within my register I am an alto <laughs> that's why I don't like singing soprano I don't get it stop <laughs> let the soprano sing soprano that's why another question is what brings me true joy that's a hard one true joy um I don't know that's um a lot of things I would think I think what the beauty is of true joys is it it depends on what I need in that moment so true joy could be me playing with my nephew and godson because in that moment, that's what I need. True joy could be taking a nap for an hour because I listen to my body and that's what I need. There's a lot of things that bring me joy. And I think one of the things that I'm proud about now, looking back on my life, is that I also find true joy in just having peace, peace within self, right? Like, I think we've all gone through a journey where we may have felt that we lost ourselves or we're rediscovering ourselves or we realized that we took ourselves for granted, um, gave more people power over us than we should have. And there comes this time where you realize, I want that power back. And you work really hard to find peace within yourself. Um, so 
that, knowing that like I am proud of me, my accomplishments, who I am, what I do, what I believe, my friends, the people I've surrounded myself around, um, my chosen village and tribe, the you know, the fact that I just have peace and I'm able to move and maneuver in life that way and not always, you know, having like feeling as, as if I have to protect that. I think that brings me true, true joy in knowing that um, what you need changes. So yeah, my, I think my true joy has happened in moments. I'm like, ah, oh, I needed this. And um, sometimes you don't know that you needed that moment. Mm, oh boy. So someone's, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so this question is, what would your ideal partner look like? Characteristics, nationality, do for a living, and do they have to be a Christian? So I think the easiest uh part of this question is the is actually the latter part do they have to be a question a christian um that would be my preference um i think just because when i envision my life and my family as a unit i do envision us being able to worship together um i i see us raising a family under similar principles at least having like a, a common foundation that's very important to me. Now, you don't have to be extremely religious. You may not even want to go to church every Sunday. I get it. I grew up as a pastor's child. I I get it. You want to go and just sit in the house and watch football all day? Sure. Um, I'm also a person who believes God is wherever I am. Church is wherever I am. But I would want my partner to be a Christian so that we could worship together. That is something that I do desire. Okay. What would I want my partner to look like? Now, these are just preferences. Um, I do like dark-skinned Black men. Um, As far as nationalities, I think I am a little bit more open um, with that. Um, but my preference is to be with a black man. As far as characteristics, one thing that I um, keep saying to myself that I need in a partner is consistency. Um, I find that that's one thing that's a make or break for me. Like, I don't, don't be wishy-washy. Don't be one way one day and then another way another day because then I'm looking at you like, which one is you? So I like consistency um, and I like honesty. So integrity, I mean, can we, we can go down a list of characteristics. I also need you to be funny because I like to laugh. Yeah, and my friends and I have a good time. Uh, I I also need you to be someone that's open. Um, I have friends that are within so many different communities communities, the LGBTQ plus community. And one thing that I'm not going to sacrifice is my friends and the people that I love feeling comfortable in my home. So um, someone who is empathetic and um, I would say more liberal. Um, And what does he have to do for a living? I just hope he's in a profession that allows us to live and not live paycheck to paycheck to actually enjoy life. 
I hope that they are in a position that they feel satisfied in. I don't I don't have anything specific. Whoever you are out there, I hope you're happy in your job, boo. That's that's all I care about. Another question is name one place you want to travel to or experience before 40. I want to go to Ghana. So um, last year, while I was bored in the house, in the house board, I did my African ancestry test because for some reason, I really started becoming interested in where my grandmother's people came from. I always felt connected to the Bahamas because that's where my grandmother was born and raised. But, you know, just knowing that they were a part of the the slave trade, I wanted to know where her people came from because that was it always felt like there was a gap for me because I'm like, we're, we're so close, right? Um, that's how my grandmother's people got there. Um, they survived that trip. And I, I just always wanted to know um, where they came from. And so I did my African ancestry test and um, it basically stated that my grandmother's maternal line goes to the tri- the Akan people in Ghana. And so I want to walk the land of my grandmother's ancestors. I want to just be able to be there, see it, touch it, kiss it. I want to know it like I like I know or feel like I know the Bahamas. And so I do a lot of research on the Akan people. Thankfully, I have people in my life that are from Ghana. So just really, I would want to, I wouldn't, I really want to go there. And and I mean, spend some time, not just like go there for a week. I want to be there like three weeks or something. I just want to, it's going to be a trip that I would have to like stay for, <laughs> for sure. Next question. What is one thing that people assume they know about you that A, gets under your skin the most and B, that they are so completely wrong about? I think they're one in the same. I think the thing that people assume about me that they get wrong and that also sometimes irritates me is that um, I'm not friendly. And <laughs> what people would learn, like if they if they knew our, my family's dynamic, I'm probably the friendliest one out of all of them. Um, and I think it's just because I'm not super smiley or because I'm a person that is able to joke around or whatever the case may be. If you, if you can't get my humor, then you, of course you would probably think that I'm mean, maybe, I don't know. And also that I, you know, in certain spaces, I'm able to project my confidence, even if I don't feel that way. Like I, in certain spaces, I, I think I, um, feel bigger to some people and that comes off as oh she's mean when that's far from the truth sometimes it gets to me sometimes it doesn't like cool whatever the older I get the more I don't care because the people that know who I am know who I am and those are the in the those who want to get to know me make that effort boom okay next question what is my superpower hmm I would say my superpower is being an empath. It's a superpower that's really draining um, sometimes and that's hard to have. 
Um, but I definitely think it is a superpower because I'm able to really, if I care about you as well, like if I really care about you, I'm able to tap into how you're feeling without you telling me. And I'm able to be the friend you need in that moment. Um, and then being able to empathize with your situation, not having gone through it, I think gives people some solace and space to just be, to vent. And I'm like an open arm person. I, I don't, I don't judge. Um, and I try to treat people how I want to be treated. Do I get it right all the time? Absolutely not. But my goal in life is to treat everybody the same. Because at the end of the day, we're all just trying to make it. So I think my superpower is being or having empathy and not seeing the world in just black and white, but realizing there is a spectrum and there's so much color and that's what makes the world beautiful. And the next question is, if I could be any animal in the world, what (laughs) would I be and why? For those of the people that already know me, um, I would be a beluga whale, okay? There's no question about it. It's my all-time favorite animal, my all-time favorite animal. I mean, I am literally going to Georgia just to go to the Georgia Aquarium because it's the largest aquarium in the Western Hemisphere. Like, that's just how much, and they have beluga whales, and one of the whales is currently pregnant, so I'm I'm going and they already have a one year. I mean, I could go on all day, but a beluga whale. And the reason why is because they're extremely intelligent. Um, they are one of the very few um, mammals that can make facial expressions. Um, and they are also known as the canaries of the sea. And me being a singer, um, you know, I just they just really they're so majestic. I love everything about them. Um Yeah, beluga whale. Next question is, if I could immerse myself in any culture other than my own, which would it be and why? You know, on my dad's side of the family, we are Native American. We are um, Chappaquiddick, Wampanoag. That's our tribe. Um, It's based on Nuwepe, which is also um, Martha's Vineyard. Now, I know that I'm Native American. Um, I know that this is my culture. However... I do feel as if if I were to wear tribal clothing, I would feel as if I were I were appropriating. I don't know. It, it, it's something I'm working through. But if I could, I would really like to immerse. I would have lo- I would love to immerse myself in that culture because I would just love to know the stories of my people and to just have a deeper tie to my tribe. I would say that or I would say any Latin culture just because I really um, love the Latin culture, the music, um, the novelas, the the language. Um, you know, take I took Spanish from first grade. So um, it's been a big part of my life. And so I would definitely, it would be one of those two. If I could ask my grandparents anything, what would it be? I would ask for recipes, to be honest. That's one thing that makes me really sad about my family. It's like no one writes, has written down recipes. 
Um, you know, my grandmother's chicken was legendary. People talk about it. I just talked about it, you know, uh, selling it and all that great stuff. But she didn't measure. And and while people watched her, they no one can still perfect it. And I think it's something that people still try to get the right taste. And so I just wish that I had recipes in in especially for my nana who's my dad's mom because out of my two grandparents or my grandmother's um especially she was the baker and so you know I would have loved to have that type of connection to her because you know she made my first birthday cake I would love to know what her recipe was for that cake something that I could have passed on or would be able to pass on to my children when I do have them. You know, so my uncle tries to replicate my Nana's desserts from his memory, but, you know, they're not her recipes. Um, It still doesn't taste like hers. And so I would would want to sit and get some of their recipes because um, when I think of just things to pass down, those are are things that are... uh, are important to me. So that's why I try to always document my recipes because I want, you know, my nieces, my nephews, um, my kids to say, you know, this is my, this is my aunt Lissa's pie recipe and this is how we're making it, you know? And if they deviate and become creative, but they, the base was mine and they didn't have to figure out and fumble how to start. So yeah, I, I, that's what I would ask them. Someone says, how much do you think my guests think about their survival of humanity, like AKA global warming and income inequality? You know, I'm gonna say often, a majority of the people that I've had on the podcast so far are people that fall into marginalized groups. And I think the unfortunate benefit of being in those marginalized groups is that we're forced to think about things that other people don't have to think about. You know, the first thing that I think about when it comes to income inequality, I think about black women who are paid significantly less than their white counterparts. When I think about global warming, I think about the communities that are being mostly affected by global warming are those in poverty. Um, You know, and so I I think the people that I've interviewed so far are people that fall within those communities. They're either black or a person of color or um, a part of the LGBTQ community. Those that are constantly disenfranchised and uh, that unfortunately have to think about these things on a consistent basis to the point where I think it's second nature. So I'm gonna say, I think a lot of my guests think about it, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, because we've always had to. Um, when it comes to grits, should they be sweet with sugar or savory with salt, butter, and cheese? I don't like sweet grits, so I'm gonna say savory. And I actually like to do salt, butter, eggs, and bacon, make it a grit bowl. But however you eat your grits, you eat your grits. I mean, do what you gotta do, but don't don't give me your sweet grits, okay? Keep those to yourself. Um, as long as it blesses you, that's all that matters, but it's not a blessing over here, okay? Amen, amen. The next question is uh, Michael Jackson or Prince? Ooh, hmm. 
Michael Jackson or Prince? You know, I think I'll take Prince. <sighs> and then that was so hard. Um, and I think it's because they're both musical geniuses, right? But I listen to more Prince than I do Michael Jackson. Like if I'm wanting to party or just go through an emotional roller coaster, I'm putting on Prince because he's all of the things. He He's whatever you need him to be and more, um, you know? And so I'm just gonna stick with Prince. And let's see, oh, Brandy or Monica? <sighs> Brandy. And I, I know people were saying, oh my God, you're gonna choose Brandy because people call her the vocal Bible. Exactly, exactly. While Monica is great for her genre and for her style music, I just don't like she has all the bops and bangers. Right. And I think that that's what that's what makes it really hard is that Monica has those bangers. Her her singles all hits. OK, but you are not listening to Monica's CD cover to cover. Like you're skipping songs. You're in and where with Brandy, you can listen to her entire album. Right. Whereas I feel like people like Monica for her hits, not for her entire discology. So that's how I break down my answer. So I'm going with Brandy. Okay. And then what is my favorite way to celebrate a birthday? Um, for my birthday, I love throwing a birthday party. Um, I My friends really like my birthday parties. I think I've had them twice in a row so far. Um, funny enough, I have them at my parents' house and they have more room for me to invite more people. I'm not gonna list the shenanigans that goes on in my parents' house to keep me safe. So I'm not gonna perjure myself. Um, but we be there be shenanigans in there. And it's just a fun time. I, I I use it as a moment for people to let loose and and be free. And that's how I think of my birthday. Just a celebration of just being free and, and accepting that and loving that and um, not second guessing or feeling judged. So, you know, we'll play kiddish games. Um, and then one year I did a murder mystery game where I had cards and everyone had a V on them, which signified victim. And then there was one person in the out, in, out of the bunch that would have an M on there and they would know that they're the murderer. And the way that this person would murder people would be by winking at them. So you had to be very um, inconspicuous because, you know, winking it's such a it's such a movement that like people are like what's happening. So what I loved about <laughs> about that night, uh, I bought these stickers that said kapow and you know bam. And so like if someone was killed off by the murderer, they had to wear a sticker that said like pow or something like that. And so randomly you would see someone that you were just talking to with a sticker, and you'd be like, wait a minute, you're dead. And so like. <laughs> And one of my friends, Kane, like refused to look anybody in the eye. That was his tactic to like stay alive. But the goal is to find the murderer, to call them out before they kill everybody. And if you're able to figure out who the murderer is before they kill you, um, then you win the game and you can start all over. But it that was one of my favorite 
things to do because I was with all my friends and some of my loved ones and it was a lot of giggles and laughter and it was fun. And another question that I have here, (laughs) it says, why is Fartoon your absolute favorite person? And also, do you have to choose what level of black you can be depending on who you are around? So let me answer the first part of this question. Why is Fartoon my absolute favorite human? Um, I can tell you why I really do appreciate you, though, Fartoon. Um, there was a there was an incident that happened um, on social media with two people that um, I know. One was me, and one was a former coworker. Um, and this person was just gaslighting, and um, you know, called me basically said I was aggressive or I was attacking them. It was it was just a lot, you know. It was it was a lot for me to process because I was. I was confused as to did I misread this person um, because this is all new to me. And I kind I deleted that person from my uh, as a Facebook friend and just kind of moved on with my life. And I know some people saw it, but um, Fartoon is currently in the Middle East. She's in Egypt and I have we both have WhatsApp and I look at my phone and I have a notification and Fartoon has called me. It's three o'clock her time in Egypt and she called to check on me to see if I was okay, to see if I needed any support for what had occurred on social media because when she read what happened, she felt triggered. And so in that moment, she knew that maybe it had affected me in a similar way. And so I appreciate Fartoon for thinking about me in a moment where she didn't have to, for checking on me at a time where even her, she herself had been triggered by my experience. And though we, in completely different time zones, took time to check on me. It was 3 a.m. her time, but she was more concerned with knowing that I was okay. She was not going to rest until she knew that. And so that's why I I really do appreciate Fartoon because she is an incredible human who thinks beyond herself. And um, you don't find that a lot. Now to get to the second part of your question, Fartoon, do I choose what level of black I can be depending on who I am around? And, you know, I don't know if there's levels um, to blackness, but... What I will say is that I have definitely um, mastered code switching. Um, I know who I can be my full self. This is what I will say. My full self around. And who gets the professional Alyssa. Um, I think it's very important to discern who gets the full you and who gets the professional you. Because if you show the full you to the wrong person, they might use that to harm you professionally. And so not that my blackness has levels, because for certain, when I walk into a room, they don't say, oh, well, she's medium black, right? They see a black woman with dreads. And so I'm black, 1000%. So I don't get to determine how black I am to society. They've, they, 
they choose that for me, right? And so I think it's not a matter of what level I put on, but me being constantly aware of my surroundings um, to a point where um, you can sometimes feel as if you are faking the funk, right? But you're just, you just know that if I go there with you, you see, there's no coming back from me. Instantly, if I retaliate or if I raise my voice, I'm going to always be looked at as the angry black woman, the, the aggressive black woman, the unapproachable black woman. Whereas to my white counterparts, if they flip out, right? Oh, they were having a bad day. So I have to be almost uncomfortably aware of my surroundings, just have discernment. So I, I don't think there's a level to my blackness, but I think there's a freedom that some people don't get to see. Some people will just only see the professional side of Alyssa because it's important to keep your circles close. Not everybody should know the real you. You should be extremely selective on who you give all that to. But I'm 100% black, 365 days a year. And that's on that. Let's do one more question. What can it be? Okay. Here's the last question. What is the phrase you most often repeat to yourself? So I'm a big advocate of therapy. Um, I go to therapy probably like twice a week. No, once. <laughs> I wish I could forego in twice a week. Oh my goodness. Um, I go to therapy once every two weeks. And one of the sayings that my therapist taught me to ground me when I'm having an anxiety attack is be where your feet are. I find myself saying that in other ways as well, not just when it pertains to me trying a grounding technique, but when I'm trying to even just bask and enjoying what I'm doing, be where my feet are, be present, you know, be where your feet are, be present because they, they mean the same thing. My therapist says that the reason why we end up having anxiety attacks is because we're either thinking about the past, which is something that we cannot change, or we're thinking about the future and our feet have not even been there yet. And so that's why it's important to be where your feet are, because your feet are in the now. And as much as we want to prepare for the future, we can't because we don't know what it holds. And as much as we may want to change the past, we can't because it's already happened. And so it's just a really good reminder for me to just be very present in everything that I'm doing, to be thankful for the right now, because dealing with anxiety and depression, that can always change. And so I just, I try to be where my feet are and it's become a mantra and a saying and a really great reminder of your feet move. And that being where your feet are doesn't always mean that you're going to be stagnant. It reminds me that situations change because your locations can change, right? So if we're being where our feet are, you know, your feet can be in a place where you're angry right now, but in five minutes, you can be in a place where, you know, there's peace and joy. And so not thinking of the place that I was, but just thinking of the place that I am. And so I think 
That's what sticks with me. That's what I repeat to myself almost every day because I want to be where my feet are. Um, Guys, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you feel as if you got to know me a little bit better, but I really appreciate you coming back to listen. Um, This is The Deep Dish, of course. You can visit me um, on thedeepdishpodcast.com. Definitely go listen to other podcast episodes and go read some of our blogs. Oh, I will also be taking a little summer hiatus because self-care is the best care. So I will be back with you guys with new guests and new content in September. Much love to you. Bye.